0: What's going on, everybody? Let's talk Wednesday on this last day of March. Terry, Magic Brown, Vinny Hardy. What's going on, CB?
1: Not a whole lot uh, here. Just uh, hanging out. Hard to believe it's already April. It's Mama B's birthday tomorrow, so we're making plans for that. But uh, but I'm doing good, sir.
0: Oh, It's good to hear. Good to hear. Glad Mama B is doing good and I'm, it's about time for her to blow you up again but you know you, you dropped those stuff on Twitter about what was it sweeping the floor one time and vacuuming and you know she'll just say little stuff and just you know just kinda of nail you to the wall. It's about time for another one of those little sessions, ain't it?
1: Oh we've we've had some of those now. This this is what happens. Uh, I'll I will go over to visit her and she will just say things like Looks like he tracks some stuff in here on this floor. <laughs> and so I get my mopping bucket and I, <laughs> and I clean that up. Or she'll, or she'll say, oh, look at this carpet. Mm-mm-mm. Ain't this a shame? And then I get the vacuum cleaner. I, that, that's how it works. But, you know. You take care of mama. That's that's the important that's right. thing. Right. That's the that's the important thing. So I I do that, but that's that's our love language right there. She won't come that's out right. and say something, but she drop a little hint like that, and I and I get to it. I get to it. Some,
0: some intimate. She intimates.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And I yeah. and I pick up what she's putting down, so you know.
0: That's right. No big thing. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, I know that that the Tony Dell was I think he it moved him when she said, "Tell homeboy I said hi." He wasn't ready for that yesterday.
1: Well, yeah, but you know he's from Brownsville, Tennessee, which is a stone's throw uh, from where she's from. Now, uh, if you remember, and folks did check that out, Uh, thank you for letting me on there to talk. Now, I say Memphis, okay, but to be specific, it is Cordova, Tennessee. That Mama B is from, okay? It is. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a suburb kind of. It used to be the country, okay? Mama B was raised on a farm, uh, and my 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 grandfather was a sharecropper out there. Long story short, Collierville is kind of halfway between Brownsville and uh, uh, Memphis proper. Now, Memphis has grown <laughs> in subsequent years, so the city is almost where uh, she grew up, but she's familiar with all that area out there. So, uh, I know uh, if, if folks watch that on the YouTube, I did, no, that was before we started recording, wasn't it? Was that before we started recording? I think that should be on there.
0: That should be on there okay. for everybody. Uh, TV but, was on I Believe in Kentucky last night with, with Tony Duck and myself and the Zoom video was able to just posted on YouTube so y'all go watch it and listen to it I'm pretty sure we got the, the Memphis and Memphis State talking all that was was while we was on the air while he's recording I believe
1: and know. And, and when I said everybody knows Memphis but when I said Cordova slash Collierville yeah. that's when he kind of perked up. and Said, "Okay, that's that's <laughs> different, right? You know, that's that's like I'm from Louisville uh, proper, but my neck of the woods is Fern Creek. That's where I was born and raised, on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Yeah. You know, when you start getting into specifics, that's a little bit that's a little bit different.
0: So I guess if we're gonna be getting into specific specifics former UK defensive lineman who was about to go to the NFL draft Quentin Bohanna would be Mama Bee's real real for real for real homeboy because he is from Cordova Tennessee.
1: Yes and I I spoke to him at the last big uh, you know they have the Fan Day football I guess that's 2019 now uh, over the summer right? Uh, because it's usually that first part of August. It's around my birthday. And what always happens is that Saturday is the football fan day. And then Big Miss is always playing in a field hockey tournament. So I finish up with that, get on 64. So I get back and watch her in the tournament. But I actually told him, I said, hey, I I, I got some folks from down that way. And uh, the high school that – my mom and her family went it's still there in name but it's it's a middle school now it's Mount Pisgah uh, high school but like everything else in those days it was the only school for 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 black people so anyway we got all into the details of, <laughs> of where mama b is from but Hatsy, uh, Hatsy. absolutely you know if I'm gonna ramble let me ramble about my mom and or, or my dad That's right.
0: And and since you brought up Quentin Boehan and Kentucky football, hadn't talked a lot of football yet, even though the basketball season ended and, you are still talking March Madness, even though Kentucky's not there. Kentucky football had their pro day. 11 guys were there. And, look, you keep hearing Jamin Davis is just just shooting up the – Rankings, shooting up the projected draft rankings, going to be a first-rounder. You know, he, he probably don't even have to do nothing at Kentucky's pro day because, you know, he's all set. And then you see PFF College, college football, tweet out about four hours ago, Jamin Davis,
1: six three two thirty
0: four, with a four three seven forty TV. Yeah. 42-inch vertical. And an 11-foot broad jump. So, And then you got Mike Mike Edwards and, and, and Lonnie Johnson, former Cats, part of the 10-win season, saying, hey, NFL teams, you better grab Jamin Davis. I'll be sleeping on Jamin Davis. Y'all better get him. But this dude, in the one year he got because with the unfortunate incident of Chris Oates not being able to play, Davis steps right
1: in here and just, just blows up right before our eyes. You, you make the most of those opportunities, right? That's uh, one of those things, next man up, you got to be ready. And, you know, that In that, to me, there's lots of stories like that, right? Where you don't wish a teammate to get injured, but you have to be ready. You know, that next man up thing is kind of a, a coaching talking point. But you can look at what uh, Davis is doing now. What he was able to do this year, but think about this, and I don't know if this gets talked about a lot in football lore. What if Drew Brees doesn't get hurt in 2001? Not Drew Brees, I'm sorry, Drew Bledsoe. Oh, of course. what if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get hurt? Right, I mean, you've got a six round pick in Tom Brady would Tom Brady have been Tom Brady if not put in that situation in year one, right?
0: Could have been career backup.
1: Right, and and yeah. that's not to say that every career backup is uh, can be, could be Tom Brady with a chance, but what I'm saying is there's always that opportunity, right, that something kind of happens. You look at Kurt Warner and his entire career, Trent Green was the starter for the Rams, yeah, wow. way back when. And he gets hurt, and the next thing you know, the dude that was bagging groceries and playing in Iowa—that's <laughs> on my bucket list of Iowa things to do—is to go to the. Uh, I can't think of the 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 but the I the I want to see that arena team where Kurt Warner played. I got a lot of things I want to check off in Iowa, right? And that's it, that's a
0: barnstormers or something? Barns? It,
1: it it's something. I can't remember now. But uh you know, would that have gone a different way? Right uh you look at Steve Young. Everybody knew he was good probably, you know, he was destined to be the best backup quarterback in NFL history. Joe gets banged up and he comes in and balls out, you know? So, uh, again, you don't wish injuries on people. That's obvious, but this notion of, Hey, you got to be ready to step up and, and, and do something. Uh, you look at Steven Johnson for Kentucky, Drew Barker is the dude. Drew Barker gets hurt. Steven Johnson comes in. I watched the Kentucky clips and his little highlight package uh, just the other day uh, against Louisville. And I know when we look at Steven Johnson, okay, not your prototypical quarterback. Mechanics not exactly where they needed to be maybe, but that dude was slinging that thing. When he was connected, he could connect. And you can't help but think that if Kentucky's able to do some of that moving forward, I'm not talking about you need a quarterback back there. Like a, you don't need a Baker Mayfield, right? You don't need uh, <laughs> Case Keenum at college or Timmy Chang. You know, you don't need that. Timmy Chang. Yeah. <laughs> but you <laughs> But you just need a dude that can sling it. You know, I, I can't remember. I know Justin Rowland, Hope tweeted whoever had said this, but I believe, you know, the talk from football, uh, as we kind of kick this off with Kentucky football, was the Georgia game. Vince Marrow had said, you know, Georgia game, it has been winnable the last two years, right? Last year, the defense held Georgia to 14 points in a game that Kentucky never felt like they were in. Yeah. and you got to think hey a couple of pops here out of the passing game and it could be different uh, the defense has played really really well and uh, I think the year before with Lynn Bowden it was you know because Kentucky was controlling the ball and the defense didn't have to do that much well this year except for early there were a couple of early games the defense didn't show up and then against Mississippi State the defense fell back in line and the defense was making plays. So if you've got a defense, and look at all the dudes getting drafted. Look who who, who we just talking about: Jamin Davis, Mike Edwards, Josh Allen. Like it's, it's the defensive dudes. So it's getting to a situation, and I don't want to uh compare, but I always go back to the Ray Lewis Ravens when they were at their peak, hey, you give us 16 points, we can make it stick. And I I think that Kentucky's defense the last few years has proven we can do this. I mean, yes, there's a bad game here or there. I understand that. But the defense has been the solid side of it. The run game has been solid. But we need those passing plays. That's where it's been lacking. So, It, I know it sounds crazy to non-Kentucky fans. Y'all just, you know, this is how y'all do. Y'all Kentucky fans start thinking you can beat everybody. No, what I'm saying is, over the last three or four seasons, the gap between Kentucky and everybody else is close, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, again, you look at the look at Georgia. Past two years, honestly. Right. You look in and, and you know I know Florida was a blowout this year, but that game has been close. Tennessee Ooh, has been yeah. close. Right? So, you know, and even old the old miss game this year was close. And I know close doesn't count for much, but you can look at that and you can objectively say they were in these games, and you're maybe looking at Maybe five or six total plays, and you can get Kentucky to eight wins. You know the previous couple years, and you can get them to a winning record this most completed season, most recently completed yeah. season. That's not crazy talk. That's just watching. You know, if, if the SEC East, if you say it's Georgia and Florida are the top two, and Kentucky's been competitive against the top two, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's crazy. To think that Kentucky has a viable shot at Atlanta and the SEC championship. Yeah. Uh, honestly. Yeah, you,
0: it's not nowhere near the pipe dream it used to be and, a few years ago. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Because, uh, again, competitive against Georgia, recently competitive against Florida with some wins at Florida, right? And so. Uh, you, you get back to whipping Missouri's tail like you've done for, you know, five of the previous six years. You, you keep whooping South Carolina's tail. You get back on track and then you got Vandy in, um, you know, and you, and you beat Tennessee, who, you know, that's a dumpster. You know, I'm not going to say dumpster fire because that's not fair <laughs> to dumpster fires. <laughs> that's right. Yes, exactly. I mean, and, and you know, it's yeah. going to get worse for Tennessee You look, the NCAA yeah. doesn't do yeah. a whole lot when it comes to infractions but if you have if you are using cash money in the year of our Lord 2020, you deserve to get caught yeah. like even the NCAA Barney Fife will stop that you put cash <laughs> yeah. money in McDonald's bag you need to be on probation for being that dumb Mm-hmm. Right, you, like
0: if you and and, sti- and and still went three and seven. Right, cheating and went three and seven. Come on,
1: yeah, if, if you're doing that, then you need to get you you need to, to be on probation. So, honestly, you can talk yourself if you're Lee Cohen, if you're Vince Bear, if you're Mark Stoops. You can talk your guys to say, "Hey, this is not just a pipe dream anymore." We're not working to build. We're working to compete. It's a different sales pitch. Right? From all
0: accounts, you, you hear, and it's only spring. They haven't played any games, haven't went up against another defense. But you hear little stuff about, you know, the, the excitement around this offense. He's coming in and, and just, you know, you hear the, the, all, the big blue wall. <laughs> Canard uh, and, and Fortner and all those guys—it's basically old dogs learning new tricks about you know the blocking schemes and, and, and the zone reads and all that. But they're picking it up. They're excited about it. It's gonna make them more versatile for the next level. You hearing the stuff about the quarterbacks and, and completed passes down the field, which you know it's that's it's, you know they've been the offense hadn't been balanced. For years you could run the ball well but struggle to pass which made the running game as good as it was less effective because nobody really really respected your passing game it didn't scare anybody now you got these things kind of coming into play and look we're gonna sound old liam Cohen is coming in and, and having these guys huddle up because and which is new now And take snaps under center. None of these guys on the team have taken a snap under center. Joey Gatewood, Bo Allen, and, you know, I almost sound like an old curmudgeon. Third and one, get under center and just pick up that yard. If you're on the goal line, get under center. But everything's been shotgun their whole life. But sounds like they're learning how to go under center, which seems so normal to us, but it was, it's foreign to them because they never done it. So he's, he's teaching all this stuff, putting all this stuff in, and, um, no doubt, there'll probably still be some little snags here and there, and might be some bad games when the defense gets some little book on what they're going to do. But you, Chris Rodriguez, should be happy if there's going to be a real threat of a passing game. It's, it's going to open things up for everybody,
1: right? And uh, again, only a hater, only a really negative person, is going to say the program is not in a better place than when Mark Stoops took over. Top to bottom, Uh, Mm -hmm. and and, and when you have discussions like this about, particularly about like your college programs uh, or anything in general, again, you know the two of us are sitting on the front porch, whittling away and you know, (laughs) you know, spitting our tobacco in a jug. (laughs) But uh, these days, it's really hard to have nuance, right? Like, yeah. the, the, the other, like, you can say, hey, Mark Stoops has done a pretty good job to this point. And then someone will say, well, you never criticized Mark Stoops. What about leaving the receivers uncovered against Florida a couple years ago? What about, what about, what about? Like, okay. That, 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 like, you're arguing a point I'm not saying. I, I never said that Mark Stoops was perfect. I'm saying the program's in a better place. And, it just so happened the other day as we can pivot toward basketball and all this stuff. I was talking to Justin Rowland on Twitter and another person. I can't remember who. And what we were saying is the downfall to a lot of these coaches in the tournament is they can't adjust. They don't change what they Mm -hmm. do because if you're going to beat Virginia, if you jump on Virginia and you get up six or eight points, you can win that game because that's their offense is not built to come back like that, like they can't do it and famously if you remember the UMBC game of a couple years ago, that's how that, that's how they won that game is UMBC got up and Virginia with that slow down methodical offense when you're down 10 points You can't be going 25 seconds into a shot clock. And then panic sets in because your dudes know we can't do this. Right? And so we're having this conversation and you you see that. And that's two, my fault. That's,
0: that's a two part thing. When you say, we can't do this. One, we can't, we can't come from behind. And two, we can't even play fast.
1: (laughs) Right. We Yeah. Now, if, if you can control the tempo, that's great. But what we see is championship teams have to, you have to be able to do different things, right? You have to be able to play different ways. And we were talking about, you know, coaches not being able to do that. And you can see it when teams, you know, you're, you're down six to eight points in the second half of a tournament game. And you can look at the body language of the players, and they're like, we can't do this. Right? There's just just something about it. So, Roland said, and I agreed, he said, and he, now look, Justin Roland is tough on Cal, right? He's tough on Calipari. In my mind, a little too tough, but whatever. He said, you know, for all of Cal's faults, he's very, very good at that. whatever style is going on his guys can adjust yeah. to what the other team is doing now I agree with that but my one thing about Cal's always been in these games when he kind of takes his foot off the gas a little bit yeah. that and, and that throws the team off but Cal does a very good job with that uh, the one thing that we can talk about is which was so striking this past season is Calipari never figured it out. He never figured out who are my dudes, who does what. Never figured it out. And the one thing that's been remarkable to me is every year, even the Sweet 16 year, even the 2013, he he figured out what he got the best out of his team. I've said it before on this show. I say it lots of places. This was the first year that I ever thought, like Cal didn't get the best out of these guys. You know what? Like, right. yeah. you you lose Nerland's Noel in February, going to that team. That's the best that roster could do. Now, is it is it on him to have a different kind of roster? Yes, but once the season starts, he got the best out of that team, even the Shea Gilders alexander team. Right? Yep. That, what I knew, and I think we talked about it, before, you know, when the SEC tournament ended, and they were going into the big dance, I think we said all said, this is a Sweet 16 team, if that. Now, yep. you can talk about how the bracket opened and all that kind of stuff. That's a lot of conjecture and all this kind of stuff. But, I kind of said, hey, this is a Sweet 16 team. Even, you know, 38-1, you you can be disappointed, but you can't be bad, right? That team got to be the best version of itself. And this was the year it didn't happen. So anyway, we're talking about that and some other coaches, and somebody comes up, well, you know, this year was unacceptable. Okay. He didn't figure it out this year, oh, okay? If you're gonna praise him, you gotta criticize him. Like, like, do you? Because we were talking about this specific thing about how Cal coaches the tournament, and it's almost like if we're gonna have this conversation about what Coach Cal has done or any kind of coach, you have to include the the negative to balance out the pot, like. We we try to both sides everything. And my whole point is, yes, I haven't seen one Kentucky person, even the most optimistic fan, say, hey, you know what? This past year was great. I'm I'm happy with nine wins. No one has said that. Right? No one is arguing that Cal did a great job this year. No one. Not even Cal. I'm sure if you talk to Mrs. Cal, she would say the same thing. Right? No one's making that argument. Mm-hmm. All we are saying is in this specific You <laughs> piece of chance. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all, all, we're, all we're saying is, you know, you not, look, Cal won nine games this year. Can I tell you something else? That doesn't mean the twenty twelve banner comes down. Great. That doesn't mean twenty fourteen banner comes down. That doesn't that like that's not how it works. So you can see every great coach has a bad year. Every player has a bad... It doesn't... That's not how it works. Like, we have all, for the most part, collectively agreed that Michael Jordan didn't try to play two years with the Washington Wizards. Like, we've all just kind of... We let the last dance be the end of the story, right? Because we have collectively said Washington Wizards don't count. Like, we don't like we have ended our memories there right like when when yeah. when, when Emmett Smith went to the Hall of Fame not one person brought up well you know he only had 3.1 yards per carry when he played for the Arizona Cardinals nobody cares that's not the that's right. that the, the, the a bad season does not take away from how good or great somebody is and it's like you see these talking heads on ESPN you know the dude skip bayless still brings up lebron no showing in the 2011 finals against dallas man that's 10 years ago like if, if like you should be able to and the thing is too i don't understand it because that's not how we operate right if 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 you are in a relationship with your with your wife right And she forgets something or does something. You best believe you can't be bringing that up again. You know, you can't be like, "Mm -hmm, well, the last time you went to the grocery, you didn't get what I had. No, that's not how we operate. We extend a little bit of grace. Right. So I I just don't understand. We just lose this nuance where you say, oh, man, Mark Stoops has built a great program. Well, you know, those two receivers against Florida. Oh, oh, come on, man. (laughs) Like, eventually, eventually, we all move on from that. You know, eventually, uh, Rick Patino stopped being the guy that didn't put a defender on the inbounder against Christian Lane. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you're allowed to move on from that. Eventually, Bill Buckner stopped being that guy, right? Eventually, right. Uh-huh. you know... Outside of Boston, anyway. Well, they finally opened. It. They finally, I think, after they won, yeah. they finally opened their arms. You know, but uh-huh. eventually you have to, like, you you have to come on. You especially when it's a point that no one else is arguing. You know, these people. This year was unacceptable. Okay, like, who's saying that it is? Like, if right. you're making that uh-huh. argument, then you're saying. Someone out there in Big Blue Nation is saying they're okay with it, and no one is. Yeah, mm-hmm. no one's okay with that. If I could build a time machine, I would go to Kroger Field. I would get in the coach's booth and be like, "Hey, come to them Florida receivers, right?" Like, if yeah. you, if, but you, uh, but you can't,
0: because everybody was doing that to the TV. Yes.
1: Like, oh my! Oh my God! Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? We all saw it. Oh. You learn from it, and you and you get better. Right? I think that, and, and not so much Jordan even at the end of his career with the Wizards, we don't even talk about his flameouts in the playoffs before the title run. Right? We, like you and I talk about all the time. You and I remember when Michael Jordan was a flashy gunner that couldn't win a title. But but do you know how stupid you would look talking about? Well, you know I'm surpri- I'm really surprised Michael won. That you like what are you talking about? <laughs> like you, you you're able to have a complex narrative of people. You don't have to be just one thing. I mean think about it. If if I said to you, hey Tom Brady, you know he's retiring, he goes in the Hall of Fame, and the first thing you bring up is him losing the Super Bowl the undefeated season. What are you talking about? (laughs) What? what? You know, Troy Aikman goes in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, Troy, y'all lost that NFC Championship game before. Now, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And so when you come from that place, it says way more about you than about them. So, uh, again, Mark Stoops, John Calipari, they don't need me to defend them. But I just think we should be able to have nuanced conversation with like without having to okay, you know, Cal is pretty good. but you know the 2020, 2021 season, ooh, isn't it weird to say all that stuff? I remember I, you know we were talking about the year 2000, like it was 80 years away growing up. But anyway, you should be able to say,, hey, you know what? Coach Cal can coach. Well, you know, okay, come on, like come on man. For real. Exactly. exactly.
0: Before we leave football all the way, just got to, you know, knew it was going to come out eventually. It was already kind of known, but your fellow namesake, Terry Wilson, has transferred to New Mexico. So uh, we already mentioned Steven Johnson. Jeff got to wish. Terry will, as he has on to play for the Lobos. Seventeen and eight, I think, is a starter. Beaten, beaten Florida in Gainesville, Tennessee in Knoxville, Penn State in what was that? Orlando for the Super Bowl. Uh, So, you know, not gonna get the credit you should probably from a lot of people, you know, but. He's done a lot of things that nobody else has done or that only Derek Ramsey did <laughs> when it comes to Kentucky quarterbacks.
1: And, and winning in Louisville puts him on a short list that's just him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's, it's weird how uh, especially quarterbacks, it's weird how quarterbacks get to be remembered. Some quarterbacks that didn't do quite as much Uh, get more love than quarterbacks that maybe did some different things. And it's just weird. And I'm not, that's not a Kentucky thing. That's, you know, that's everybody. You know, everybody's got a a quarterback, you know, for their squad, usually in the, you know, the mid-90s or something like that. And you're like, oh. Uh, I I think of that, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, but he had the, it was the mullet guy at uh, South Carolina. And
2: oh, t- yeah, old Tannehill, <laughs> and, and
1: you just get everybody loved him, but you go back and look at the numbers, you're like, well, that's pretty mad, right? Like, right. that's that's mad. <laughs> so oh, it's, really it, it's just a phenomenon of, of that kind of thing. So I, I hope Stephen Johnson uh, gets more whatever you call it and Terry Wilson too he's got to be remembered fondly I think the injury really derailed him yeah because with that squad the 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 Lynn Bowden squad if you in your mind think a healthy Terry Wilson maybe gets you a game or two more than you won because uh, look they were gonna beat Louisville like a drum if I was a quarterback that year. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I think that you know, 17 and eight, be like how many quarterbacks in Kentucky history are nine games above 500. Right. And you can, you can put as many asterisks on it as you want to. The numbers are the numbers. Well, you know, we had a running game. Well, no quarterback's out there by himself. Well, the defense did. Well, no quarterback plays right. defense. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad Terry's going to get the opportunity. I hope he's healthy. And I-, I hope he shows out. Go Lobos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: I had to, had to mention that, too. <clears throat> we got... Sweet 16 is going on throughout the state. Got some games already in progress. A couple of them are already completed. Um, and two, we got Angelo Carriero coming on at about seven from ESPN Radio in Lexington. He's a friend of the show. We had him on a while ago. So we get to talk with him again. So definitely looking forward to that. He'll be up in about 20 minutes. Oh, and look, Everybody knows who's listening to us on Anchor, who's listening to us on Blog Talk Radio. The longtime listeners know I loved, I didn't love it, but, you know, for a while, I was synonymous with technical difficulties. I was synonymous with hanging up on the show, hanging up on guests, all of that. I couldn't get through a show without doing that. Technical difficulties, apologize for that. So... I'm not really one that should be talking. And we're all glad that the state tournament is even back. After what had been played last year, it didn't happen. But I was listening to some of the games today at work, you know, and, and friends of the show, Cameron Mills is always calling those games. The Cats aren't in the tournament. So Tom Leach was calling some of those Sweet 16 games today. They had the first one at 11 this morning between E-Town and not County Central and the KHSAA was they was having some technical difficulties. It was, it was glitchy. They, Tom and Cameron, I turned on the, it on, on the phone on the app. I didn't even recognize them. They sounded so deep and slow. You know, the Decepticons it was, you know, E-Town is really quick. And not central house sides, and that's how they sound. I didn't even recognize. Them. I'm like, whoa. And so I was texting Cameron doing commercials. I was like, man, I didn't even recognize y'all. I said, yeah, we've been having a lot of bitches. Hopefully they'll, you know, get it worked out. You know, as the day goes on. And with them being the first game, you know, they were the kind of guinea pigs. they were having to get all the stuff worked out. And I listened later on, and whoever was on the second game sounded better. So look, we all been there. We all done it. But it was just funny. Hearing Tom Leach and Cameron Mills sound like Megatron from our Transformer days as kids, because it was it was just half speed, three quarter speed, and just both of them. And you know how Cameron talks; he talks so fast, and he was talking slow, and it was it was just weird to hear that. But the a kind of got it fixed, so even it happens to the best of everybody.
1: Absolutely, uh, I, I I just see that that Ballard uh, Ballard won. Over Madison Central, seventy to
0: sixty-one. Uh, First close game of the day. First two were blowouts. Uh,
1: you know Ballard, home of Allen Houston, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Ballard's always been a, a basketball power. So when it comes to the boys, or the, well, anytime it comes to state state titles, like like I got no problem with y'all. You know, from the eastern part of the state, y'all stick together. That's great the western part of the state they stick together in the south they stick, to get, stick together that's great I'm sticking it up for the Louisville schools okay. ain't, 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 ain't okay. nothing wrong with the, with, with, <laughs> with Louisville schools and all this kind of stuff like I don't know what everybody thinks about the big city but there's even a hierarchy <laughs> within Louisville right there's there's uh, uh-huh. you know everybody thinks of when it comes to football well there's there's Trinity and mail well you know there's 20 others <laughs> Uh, 22 other high schools that aren't those schools here like we're not all that like we there's a lot of us that are like some of these places and, and I forget what two schools it was Shawnee and some school for East Kentucky that played football this past year and they understood uh,
0: yeah like
1: hey we kind of the same I and mean, we really are right yeah. but that being said <laughs> I am rooting for the Louisville School. I don't care who it is. Uh, uh, Sacred Hearts and the Girls Sweet 16 and whoever else, I'm rooting for them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I'm
0: saying way. I'll be pulling for the, you know, probably particularly the 13th region, because that's the region where I grew up in, so uh, I think Knox County Central plays later. Uh, and, of course, Reed Shepherd is in this region, and he has not Yet been able to win the region to get to and He's still got a couple years left. Cameron Mill's cousin plays for Knox Central, so Cameron's always talking trash to Jeff Shepard because hey, look, man, you know North Laurel is great, but y'all, y'all can't even beat us, you know. And, and he, so I'm sure he already talked that talk to Jeff again because he's already done it the past two years. But yeah, it's always it's always fun. Um, don't keep up with high school statewide super duper. But I always try to listen into the championship games of football and basketball and the different sports. Because um, it's, it's always a lot of fun. And, and de- definitely fun to see it back this year after year off. I'm not going to get on a soapbox. But I just, speaking of that, I got a question to ask you. Is it, is it shade if it's true? Okay. If you throw, are you, is it, is it, if you're throwing shade that's true, is it even shade? And now explain what I'm saying in a minute. What do you think? Because
1: you, you know, we like to get petty. No, you know, it's, especially sports no, petty. It's be- ch- because, like I said last week or week before, I've enjoyed sharing NCAA tournament nuggets, comparing the Kentucky Wildcats men's team and the Tennessee Volunteers men's team. And so, like I told you, yeah. some, of, some of those volunteer fans got in their feelings when I said Tennessee has been to eight Sweet 16s ever. Kentucky has eight titles. We are not the same. And then they got their feelings about that. And, and, you know, talking smack. I said, I'm not talking smack. I didn't say the Volunteers are terrible. I didn't call them a poverty franchise. All I said was, they've been to eight Sweet sweet Sixteens, which is true. Kentucky has eight NCAA titles. Also true. And then I made a declarative statement. We are not the same. Also true. So that's factual. Exactly. exactly. That's what I said. Exactly. Here is my
0: question, and you've been in Louisville. You might hear what Louisville fans say about what I'm going to ask. When the Sweet Sixteen rolls around, you know you get different guys commentating the game. You know, like like for instance, Tom Leach is available because the Cats aren't playing in a regional somewhere. He's calling these games. You have uh, Greg Stottlemyre from EKU. He's paired up with the coach. Uh, he's a legendary coach. Stan, I forget his last name. I think he coached. He might have coached one of the Louisville schools. Longtime coach, been to a lot of Sweet 16s. Uh, sometimes it's the voice of uh, Western Kentucky. He'll come in. There's a guy out in like Paducah that Cameron Mills has called games with. The past two or three years that I've listened I always listen while I'm at work, whenever the state, Sweet 16 is on, Paul Rogers, the voice of the cards, would be calling some of those games too, especially, you know, when Tom Leach is there, Paul Rogers been there. Now, I'm no expert, I'm no voice coach, I'm no broadcasting coach, but, and I'm not even throwing shade for Kentucky Louisville. I just thought this to myself the past couple of years. I'm like, man, it's tons of all the, the play-by-play guys like Paul Rogers. He kind of messing up names or kind of getting stuff messed up a little bit compared to the rest of the guys. I never said anything. And then you met my uncle, my dad's brother. We all came to Louisville. Me, my dad, and the boys took our little boy's trip to the Slugger Museum, to the Ali Center. Met you, Mama B, at the time Big Miss and Little Miss, and we all went to Sharks. You met my dad's brother from Eastern Kentucky, been in Louisville for 50 years. He's a Cardinals fan now. You know, he bleeds red. He's always wearing Louisville stuff. You know, he was rocking with Louisville with Denny Crumb. He's been he been with the Cardinals for a long time. So, you know, he always got that Kentucky Louisville dynamic whenever we get together. So my dad my uncle and i this is this is twisting and turning but just follow me we were driving to west virginia because that's where my granny was from we were taking her ashes up there she wanted some of her ashes up there in west virginia where she grew up so the three of us were riding up there and we listened to kentucky it was football season we listened to some kentucky might have been Kentucky, Florida game on the radio, and then Louisville came on. We found Louisville on the iHeart or whatever, and Louisville was playing Virginia Tech or whoever they were playing. And <coughs> Paul Rogers is of course calling the game, and he he gets something wrong or says something wrong. This is my uncle, a Louisville fan. And he said, "There, there, Paul, go again, messing stuff up." And I was like, "Now see." I've always kind of thought that, but I thought it was just me when I hear him calling the Sweet 16 game. I'm like, man, dude, is kind of not as on point as everybody else. He's like, no, man, he's like that every game. He be messing up stuff every game. That's how he always does. So does, is this, do a lot of Louisville fans think this? Or are we spoiled from hearing Tom Leach? Or is, you know, Paul just had a couple off days when I've heard him? Or do Louisville fans kind of feel he's not that great? You know,
1: he's generally beloved but people point out the same kind of thing and this goes back to what Omani Jones always says anytime a long time sports caster of a particular team retires right like he was the voice of blah 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 for 40 years everybody comes out he was great blah 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 he might not have been great he was just what you grew up on mm-hmm. and uh, especially people like our age. I, I don't know how much people listen to the radio for calls anymore. I guess you know. I mean, I, Tom Leach. So I know people, a lot. But that being said, I know people like to sync up the Tom Leach call with what they're watching on TV because the call ravage was terrible this year. Anyway,
0: just yeah. uh, <laughs> get that one, get that yeah. one out there. You feel better yeah. already.
1: but <laughs> So, what, what happens is whoever's calling the games, that becomes the voice in your head, right? Uh, and, and, and for especially for big time moments. So, even if the person's not very good, that's still what you hear. And so, you may love that person, and that person's a part of your fandom, but they may not be that great right at the job. And I think sometimes that happens to not just, you know, Paul Rogers, but a lot of folks, right? That they're Mm -hmm. not that great or they're very, very terrible. Like, I hate uh, personally that most of my college years, those great memories that we have, I've got Billy Packer in my head, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I can, you know, I see a picture Jamal McGlure and Steve Wojciechowski from Duke. And I could hear Mm -hmm. Billy Packer. Oh, God, Jim, what is he doing? Like, I could just, you could hear that. But by the same token, uh, with more recent stuff, I, look, I've tried this on Twitter. I will just type out, this is the point where he always hits it. And everybody Kentucky fan knows (laughs) what I'm talking about, (laughs) right? Yeah. And so,
0: hello,
1: friends. Right, right. And uh, I did that one day. I went through and I made a thread. I need to find it again of Jim Nance's call, of Aaron Harrison's shot, and uh, the shot that uh, uh, Brandon Knight had against Ohio State, which is still my favorite, if I'm being quite honest with you. But this is the point where he always hits it the Michigan one is great because he's getting ready to say it's a bad shot Like I I forget the exact verbiage but he's talking and he's like oh and he hits (laughs) it so if you're listening and that's why I have to go back a lot of times look I'm not technical savvy enough to try to sync up Tom Leach is doing, but I like to go back and hear Tom Leach's calls because it's because those are great. And you know, we had him on the show, show. oh, it's been a while, but probably right around the time when Aaron was hitting all those shots, or anyway. But the question was because he's a Kentucky fan, right? It's how do you stay in the moment? Because remember those Aaron Harrison threes weren't buzzer beaters so it's how do you oh my god he hit the shot and then how do you pull it back in to to you know because there's still time left theoretically for their other team to do something right. and he was very professional and anything like that but to answer your question I, I think a lot of folks can, can admit to the shortcomings of their, uh, you know, the voice of their team. But, again, if that person's been doing it for 30 years, and you're 40, and you've been hearing them, that's just the voice of your team. You know, I I think Tom Leach is great. And, you know, when I can't be around a TV or anything like that, I'm listening, you know, uh, and, and just the way he, does it is I can I can I can see the game what Tom Leach is calling it, right so uh, uh-huh. yeah just to, to answer your question it's not true it's, it's not shade if it's true because no, all no, I no, do no, is I no, put no. the facts out there Tennessee Volunteers have never been to a Final Four Drake University in Iowa that most people have never heard of have been to a Final Four Tennessee Volunteers What's, have been to one Elite Eight Drake University in Iowa and Des Moines, Iowa have been to three Elite A's. Those are just facts and they are unassailable.
0: Unassailable. Actual and factual. That's right. Actual and factual. Sure enough. I can get this. Speaking of difficulties, I'll try to get this link sent to Angelo so he can hop on here with us in a little bit. Talk a little Kentucky Talk basketball pro day. Whatever he wants. He's got a show every Sunday on this radio in Lexington. Talk about that. Let me see here. Um here we go. Um almost there. About to try to pull this off without a hitch and try not to disturb the flow. Alright, so we ought to have Angelo here in just a minute. Um see where your Lakers did end up getting drumming after all, right? Yeah,
1: and p- pretty much you get a you get a big that's drumming. You're not going to ask him to do too much, obviously, but it's like we were talking beforehand, uh, before all this, um, the Lakers just need to tread water. Like, they're not trying to... If, if, if they can get into the playoffs... Like I don't think they'll drop all the way to have to worry about trying to get in, but their big thing is we gotta get A D healthy, we gotta get Braun healthy. Those are those are the two things that you have to worry about. So you get another big like Drummond. So in my mind, Drummond is an upgrade over Dwight Howard and JaVe McGee last year. Drummond can hold the paint and let AD play the four position like he wants to. Because Gasol's
0: still on minutes restrictions from COVID, right?
1: Yeah, and he hasn't quite been what I guess we envision. But I think it'll be better for him if he's playing some spot minutes at this point. So you rotate Gasol, who's a fantastic passer now, Gasol is somebody you can still put at the high post. He can hit that shot, and he can let AD work against, a, a, you know, against another four, which that that's a that's a that's a win-win uh, for everybody. So, uh, as a, as a Lakers fan, I'm okay uh, because we, when you've got LeBron and AD, you don't need to go crazy. Right, you don't need to be right. be ridiculous with the moves, uh, especially now if they were both playing, and the team wasn't good. Oh, obviously you make some moves, right? But uh, but if they're injured and you just want them to come back, so you don't get crazy with it. You know that's been the that's been the Lakers' mo. Like I told you, starting with Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, the Lakers' whole mo is give us two studs. And we will figure it out. And it's worked to the tune of 17
0: NBA championships. Yeah, Lord mercy, 17. It's just ridiculous. Uh, Speaking of not ridiculous, we got our guest on. He hosts his own show, the Angelo Carriero Show, every Sunday from 10 to 11 on ESPN, 1300 AM, 92.5 FM, WLXG, talking about friend of the show. What's going on? Can y'all hear me piano. okay? Angelo Carriero. What all right, good.
2: On, good. What's going on, y'all?
1: Loud and yeah. clear, man. Like every other Kentucky Thanks fan, we're just sitting around watching this tournament, <laughs> waiting for it to end so we
2: Well, hopefully next other year other goes players. a little bit better than <laughs> this year. I would say that this wasn't the dream season everybody was hoping for. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's the truth. That is the truth. Speaking of putting pieces together, you know, we've seen guys stay in, we're still we've seen who's going ahead and decided to leave. Still waiting to see what Davion Mintz and Keon Brooks do. But Kellen Grady has, you know, had his I'm here coming to Kentucky press conference today, transferring in from Davidson. What do you think about that as being? I mean,
2: he he seems like a really talented player. I I think that the major thing that Kentucky fans, and I know you all have heard this the entire time that Cal's been here, but, you know, fans love championships. But then when you're not winning, it's, oh, why don't we get these, you know, three-year, four-year guys, you know, build the program like that. You look at programs like one specifically, Villanova, where they kind of build it out. And even North Carolina, they kind of build out year players when they're really successful and I think everybody has to realize that under Cal that's not ever going to happen but with the transfer rules and how that's changed over the last couple of years these grad transfers have become enormously important to the point that I know one of a one of our guys in the UK media world uh, Travis Graff on his Twitter said that he's talked to you know multiple coaches and they all say that they go to the transfer. They go to the high school kids, and I think that's an avenue that Cal's been kind of tapping into, and you see it kind of grow piece by piece. First, it was – and I'm, I'm sure we've had a couple other guys, but it's just in my recent memory. You get Reed Travis, and then it was Sestina. Well, this year it was Sar and Mint. So a lot of these guys that are successful at the lower programs, and that's not to diminish the the places they've been to, it's that they want to go somewhere where they can make the league. That's everybody's dream. And it's able for you to get these veteran players that are also really talented. Some players that have outgrown the situation they're in, and they're ready to make that big jump. So I think that's kind of a nice meld with what Cal has kind of done Is we get the superstar young players that should be future NBA stars and you get the older veteran uh, experience players. So I think with a guy like Grady, you get a kid that was a four-star prospect from Davidson, a kid that's that's logged a ton of minutes in college, someone that's going to be able to come in and play right away. I think it's just another bang for Cal, and if Mintz can come back uh, that's i think that would be really big i was really impressed with how davion finished the year in his three point shooting so i think that the more transfers you can get like that especially a former four star kid i say bring it on
0: and you had toppin toppin yeah and, and you know jacob toppin since it was a I like year toppin, just- too Throw him in
2: there as well because it was. I, I like topping a lot. I love his athleticism, yeah, and the thing I like about yeah. him is where, yeah. you know, his brother obviously a top ten draft pick to the New York Knicks. He was more long and kind of lanky. A lot of people compared him to Mari Stoudemire, which I never went that far, but I could see the similarities in their physiques. I think Toppin is stronger, and I think he's more explosive. If that kid can round out a true basketball game, which I thought we really saw glimpses around the last 10 games of him developing into a basketball player, that that kid could be a diamond in the rough for the Cats going into next year. Sure.
0: They're coming to get
2: me. They're coming to get me. That's that's what it it is. I'm I'm sorry. I brought (laughs) I brought it down because the the, (laughs) the feds are after me, I suppose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I know why too. I know why. It's because after we tweeted out that you were gonna be on with us, you said I'm gonna come on, (laughs) set you on fire and leave. So it was that that
2: threat of arson last night. I, you know, I, I felt like, I felt like that, uh, I bring a little heat Me and Vinny got many, me and Vinny got into a little bit of NBA action and I never like to disappoint, you know, little, little guest spot. I want to come in and, uh, provide some entertainment and let's just say that we started on the, on the Twitter page and then, uh, you know, whatever bleeds over into here, I'm ready for it, but I'm just glad y'all had me on. So I could create my own little bit of fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of T V, we look, I'm
0: not a big I'm not an ar we <laughs> weren't arguing, we was just we was having a nice tennis volley back and forth. And the <laughs> the topic was, you know, Damien Adams. We had Damien on. It's been a while. He hosts the Real Deal with Damien Adams podcast and part of the free point conversion media network. Cool dude from New Orleans. Knows his stuff and you know, don't mess with him about his saints. We uh had him on. He was Course, a Pelicans fan too. He was asking for his podcast, getting thoughts from listeners and tweeters and all that. Is Zion Williamson a top 15 player? That's what Angelo and I were volleying back and forth. Flat no.
2: Flat no. And Vinny agreed. All right. Look, look, this is your all's podcast. I'm going to slide through here when it said that, when it catching fire. So, so. First off, he gave me a list of players, and I can go through whoever's top 15. It's all subjective. And I tend to do agree with Vinny that uh, if you're talking about a top 15 overall basketball player, then maybe Zion isn't quite there yet. But the more you start kind of going down the list, you really got a, a solid 10 guys, which many of them are hurt right now. LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant. Um, who's, who's the fourth guy? I forget. Uh, there's Anthony Davis. That was the other one. And then you put Clay Thompson in there who hasn't played in almost, you know, two years. I would say that if you're talking about a guy like Zion, I was watching the Boston Celtics game, uh, with new Orleans actually earlier in preparation for this. So I could come correct Zion Williamson is not one of the top 15 scorers in the game he is not one of the top 10 scorers in the game he is one of the five most dominant offensive players the game has to offer right now and it seems like well a guy that doesn't have this three-point shot not a real mid-range game well there are there are a couple of stylistic players that can go into the paint And do what he does, especially he's played less than 82 career games and he already leads the league and points in the paint over guys like Giannis, over guys like Jokic, over guys like Joel Embiid. He's flat unstoppable. No matter who you put on him down there in the post, it's, I don't know, it's like exactly what he was doing at Duke where he made everybody look silly. So he's trying harder on defense than he had at the beginning of the year. I don't I don't know if you all saw those Pelican games early on in the year, but he was abysmal defensively, and why I totally agreed with Vinny on the not top 15. But with all these injuries, and he, he, he put out a couple other guys out there, I would, I, you know what, I would take Zion in my top 15, and I would do it very comfortably and let him score at will like he does every night for the Pelicans.
1: I mean, I can I, I can see that I I know the numbers are there, and uh, I think he's got what the he's he's scored in the paint better than anybody else. Uh, I I get that. the the, the question is, it, what, what now? How did you phrase the question, Vinny? Is he a top fifteen basketball player?
0: I think so. It was that was his uh that was Damian's basic question. I think is essentially is he a, is he a top fifteen player? And I. I took it as I'm just listing guys i would take over him assuming everybody's healthy. that's the way that's the i way mean I'd if focus. you yeah,
1: assuming everybody's out i mean look he's he's on the list he was he he was on the all-star showcase for a reason right but for me he's a freak athlete there's no doubt about it and like i said the numbers are there but when you're asking basketball player I gotta see a little bit more to say basketball player. That's, just, that's, just, that's But just that's deep. fair. That's just
2: but that's deep. fair. I mean, to be honest, bit. like even I, I i mean, I would no. even say that's fair. You'd like you'd like to see him. I don't think we've seen very many cases where he goes one on one against Kawhi defensively and shuts him down or, you know, gets gets Joel in the paint and three or four of his shots, you know, in a game. We haven't seen maybe that defense. By the way, guys, I don't know if you all heard when Charles Barkley went on Bill Simmons' podcast and said that he needs to rebound more i i don't know if you all agreed or disagreed with that but i personally thought it was a little ridiculous the the pelicans are one of the three best rebounding teams in the league uh, to, the top offensive rebounding team in the league and i know that steven adams has a lot to do with that but at the same time you know how many more rebounds do you want him to grab i was i was on the show with uh uh with uh uh I want to say, I think it was Jim Jackson uh, that said that he wanted Lonzo to rebound more. And I was like, ah, oh, like, he, 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 this team is rebounding like crazy. So I thought that was a, a little overblown when Charles says that, even though he is kind of the king of rebounding. But I, I agree. There were some people, like, I would rather have Zion over Donovan Mitchell, for an example. And that's, that's one player that me and Vinny kind of disagreed with, even though I did tell Vinny, if you're getting bubble, Mitchell, that guy's a different that guy, that guy's a different animal. That guy's a top ten player in the league if he's playing like he was in the bubble. Well,
1: well, well it, yeah, he probably That's
2: didn't. the that's the funny thing about some of these guys. <laughs> you got you got hoodie Mello, bubble Murray, You got bubble you got Mitchell, you got Phantom of the uh, Opera, LeBron, LeBron, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly.
1: I, I'm old enough to remember. Right, but but, re, but but remember? Yes, there, there yes. There, LeBron, they had a whole Twitter account for his headband after he came discursion. off <laughs> and, and my my favorite <laughs> is is Richard Hamilton. Rip Hamilton was borderline, <laughs> like a rotational player, got his nose broke, started wearing, I call it the Schnazzer Root, right? And and he becomes this, this all-star level player. It's, it never takes it off again. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm right there with you. And look, it's it's all subjective. It's it's all, and we can understand that. I don't like it. Uh, Vinny and I were talking earlier, Angelo, when we have these sports conversations yes. and people start dealing in absolutes, yes. right? Because you don't know, right? Like it's all theoretical. Like if, if you say to yourself, okay, I'm picking right. a basketball team to play the stars, right? Aliens show up on Earth. They challenge whatever five people I can pick up. You know, who do you pick up? Well, that's a different conversation than, mm-hmm. you know, who's the most efficient and that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'll yes, tell yes. y'all right now, the Joker is for real. The numbers bear yep. that out. Now, his game doesn't look like mm-hmm. any other MVP candidate we have ever seen. And I'm an old man. I remember the '80s, where you know the game was a whole lot different. But but nothing he does makes any kind of sense. He doesn't look like he's moving fast, but he beats his man off the dribble. He doesn't look mm-hmm. quick, but he plays you know passable defense, right? Nothing about him works.
2: But you got to give your nod That's to about that That's without a you know? shadow of a doubt. Nikola like is an MVP front runner, in my opinion. I think that what he's doing, scoring the ball. He's, oh. he's shooting about 27 points per game, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, whatever those numbers are. You know, he's shooting over 40% from three and over 60% from two-point range. And it bears out when you watch the guy because I'll, I'll turn on Nuggets games and it's to the point where when he shoots, he does not miss. It The way it seems. He is absolutely unstoppable. That is a player I would put – above zion uh, for sure in, in that conversation again i do think he's the mvp and i liked what uh what Vinny said about our volleys and how sure, like yeah. that's that's truly what i enjoy about sports is like i love arguing i love arguing especially with people that can argue and not be mad at the end because I've always, I, now look, I've turned around a lot since my, young, in my naive days where I would always say, Michael Jordan's the GOAT, what about Kareem, what about Russell, what about LeBron coming up, and uh, because I love to argue that sports is no fun if Jordan's number one and that's it, like end of conversation, Mike Jordan's pretty dang good though, you know, <laughs> like I, I had to go back and teach myself, and I, I taught myself a valuable lesson, Michael, M- Michael Jeffrey Jordan is kind of the guy, so um <laughs> It's, it's it's all about that, like you said. It is all subjective. I never, you know, if you if you told me that, uh, and I don't want to disparage any player, but, you know, if you told me the 15th man on Brooklyn is better than Zion or Joker, then, then, I'll, argue, then, then, then I'll tell you you're wrong. But other than that, it's definitely a conversation. Exactly. Jared D- right. Jared Dudley ain't better than Zion, Vinny, yeah, all yeah, right? Yeah. Terry, yeah, like, Terry yeah, like, Alex yeah, Caruso ain't yeah, better than yeah. Zion, all right? Get it out of your head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Well, and, and the thing about sport, my thing about, I was just it saying, mean oh that about sports is you can fine.
1: argue, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really mean anything. Like, everything yeah, else right. in our world That's has consequences. You know, you can't do politics, you know, yeah. you can't do all this kind of stuff. And while I don't necessarily say that the athletes should stick to sports. But the MJ LeBron debate, <laughs> at the end of the day, what does it solve? We solve world peace, right? right. When you right. rank your top fifteen NBA players of all time, doesn't
2: does oh it make now a he's difference? got me feeling bad because I right? do that you far know, too often. No. I feel like if we you all know, put our minds, just, if those argument, if we put as much time as in MJ LeBron as we did world <laughs> peace, we'd have world peace five times over. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, 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 that that's the thing. We should, we should do that. But the funny so thing good. about the NBA debate, and I'll let you go, Benny. I'm I'm sorry, I've kind of the 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 thing that everybody seems to agree on. You know, there's MJ LeBron, there's Kareem, but everybody seems to agree that Magic Johnson is point guard one. Like that when we start you know. listing all, you know, who's your favorite power forward? Is it Carl Malone? Is it Tim Duncan? You know, who's your big man? Where does the king fit in? But the one dude in all of NBA lore that seems to be unassailable is Magic Johnson. Like, I've seen people just say, okay, Magic is one and
2: then you start then, Well, let me well, let me get, get to two, that three, because I will say this. Magic is one. <laughs> I did a ranking a while back. I had Magic Johnson yeah. fifth all yeah. time. I put him right outside that Mount Rushmore tier. Obviously, you know, five is very lofty. Steph is Steph to me is solidly number 2. Like I don't think there's any argument anymore that Steph's second. But uh, you never know, he might be coming for that spot someday. Terry, you better watch out. You better watch out. He may be. He may be someday. Nine appearances,
1: you know, Five, five <laughs> titles, and, and, and nine uh, trips to the finals, and, and a, an eleven, an eleven total. Yeah, and, you know that's 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 tough. But again, I'm old enough to remember when they lost in '84. Mm-hmm. The Lakers did to the Celtics, and he was tragic, Johnson. I, you know, Vinny and I were talking about narratives and how people kind of stick to those. But I'm old enough to remember when Michael Jordan was a gunner that couldn't win, right? Those were conversations that people that le- people were legitimately having. And so my whole thing about who's the best, yeah. like we got to wait for LeBron to finish, I think, right? We, we've got to let these careers marinate a little bit before we start ranking them. Because when you start having these conversations, because it's so subjective— I mean, do you say whoever won the most championships? Well, that's Russell, mm-hmm. right? Well, who's got the better resume? That's Kareem. His basketball yeah. resume is unimpeachable from high school all the way up, you know? And but 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 MJ was that dude. You know what I'm saying? So it's all this kind of subjective stuff, but I just always find it funny that we can talk about every other player. But magic is just kind of magic. Like, magic is just sitting there, yeah. and everybody's like, okay, well, who is number two? Steph could be there. You know, I really love Isaiah Thomas. I think he's kind of underrated. That's
0: that's my dude. But those are yeah, conversations you can have. As far as, far as the, <laughs> the Zion thing, he's your top 15 player that, that we started all this with Angelo. is He's good. I. I'm, he's, I'm like Terry, he's just give it a little bit more time. He's going to be there. And it was the same way back when Shaq first came in the league in 92. And in 96, they had the 50 greatest NBA players of all time. And Shaq made the list over, you know, Dominique Wilkins and Alex English, guys who have been there and, and done their thing for over a decade. Shaq was definitely going to be one of the all-time greats. Was it a little premature to put him on that list after like three, four years in the league. I think so. Same thing with Zion. He's gonna be top fifteen. Does, does he have to be top that. fifteen? I get that, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what about that. That's funny that you so. bring up Shack be is there.
2: because I, t- I, I guess I just like players like that because I love. There's not a player that I may enjoy going back and watching more than Shaq because I love that type of just dominance out of a guy like i'm gonna do this and you can't stop me and it's like well i guess i guess that's true and i think that's part of the non-statistical part of why i kind of back zion even in such even though i think you all are in the right i genuinely do i still like to make the argument because i think for an example a guy like bradley Beal. Bradley Beal has, I think uh, he was, he either led the league in scoring last year or did at one point. He was leading the league or still does in scoring this year. And it's like, oh, Bradley Beal's obviously one of the 15 top players in the league. But like, I've watched Bradley Beal. He's a very, he's a very nice player. And I don't mean that derogatory at all. I'm just saying when I watch him, I'm like, oh, he's pretty good. Like, Bradley Beal's obviously pretty good. When I watch Zion, I'm like, oh, no one no one on this court can stop him. Like, th- there's no one no one in, in there. They, they try. You could put Rudy Gobert on him. You could put, like, I was watching that game. There wasn't Robert Williams couldn't guard him. Jason Tatum couldn't guard him. Marcus Smart tried his hardest, couldn't guard him. But it's like that every single game, no one can guard him. He is unstoppable. And that's what I like about Zion's game. And while I kind of go to bat for him more than um, – than, than just saying like I you know, oh, you're right, because you all genuinely are right. Yeah. But when it comes to being unstoppable, it kinda is. It, yeah, just,
1: it, I can it, see it, that too. It, that's it, a good it, point. It, too, for sure. Shaq, like I see a lot of slander from these young kids. Like I tweeted out <laughs> yeah, yesterday I, that. I had my nineteen ninety six Final Four shirt on. And I'm not arguing with kids. I'm not arguing <laughs> with kids that are that are that are uh, younger than this shirt, right? That tell me all Shaq did was dunk. No, 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 no. Shaq in Orlando was a different animal, right? And Shaq, his first couple of seasons in L.A., completely different. That dude was big and strong. There's a picture uh, from the 2001 yes. Finals. To Mutombo Matumbo. No. Like five-time defensive player of the year <laughs> who is not a small man is pushing mm-hmm. and leaning into Shaq and he's not moving. And it doesn't appear like Shaq is putting any effort into it. That, that to me is that's why you watch sports. Because those kind of players like Shaq, like Zion, they seem superhuman even amongst other superhumans. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you right. see Dominic Wilkins go up for a dunk and somebody tries to dunk it and he's up and above that dude. That's where it's mind blowing. Oh, right. Oh. That's where I, I agree with you. Andrew. There are some guys that the eye test <laughs> and I really hate to say that because I think that's a skip Baylor's term.
2: But dudes that you just watch, and can just we? Like, I want to. I want like, to harp on something too, real quick. Like, what people? I hate it when people say all yeah, Shaq yeah. could do was dunk. Like, isn't that the point? Is to be the best at getting the most efficient and easiest shot in the game. And he was the best at it. What about Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan, we remember him in like 98 and, you know, maybe even a little earlier where it's like, look at all these two-point shots. He was such a good two-point shooter. I, I simply forgot that Michael Jordan was Air Jordan because he could get to the lane, to the basket, draw fouls, lay up, dunk, on every single person in the league, no matter who they were. Young LeBron James, he's not skilled. All he can do is drive in the paint and dunk. Yeah, well, when you're 6'9 and you're faster than a point guard and you can get to the the hoop like that, that's kind of the point of the game is to be the best at getting the shots they're trying to keep you from. So I always hate that narrative when people try to disrespect some of the greats by saying that's all they could do. Well, stop them then. (laughs) Uh, You can't.
1: And the, and the thing about Jordan right. is, you know, everybody can mm-hmm. think of the Detroit Pistons for beating him up for like those three years before '91, right? When he decided to hit the weights and could take that abuse, it was game over. But you're absolutely right; he could mm-hmm. get to the rim. Just, I, there's a clip going around. You know, there's all these viral clips. There's of Jordan's layup package. Mm-hmm. Like we remember Air Jordan for those dunks, of which there were a lot. But uh, there's so many of these and ones that you're like, how is that even possible?
0: Yeah. And, oh, yeah. The one against the Nets where he dipsy dude and quadruple pump through the whole and, team. you know, he's shooting yep. from his yep. hip on the way
1: down. Like, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I'm, I'm right yeah. there with you. You're like, well, all these guys could do was was X. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember, could a lot of those dudes in the 80s play today? Probably not, but there were skilled dudes back then. Like, there are dudes you could pluck out. Yes, of course. Air of course. Dominic Wilkins could play today,
2: and right. You know, Michael Jordan could. Michael Jordan. It, could and play that's there. the thing too. Is people, you know, you know people don't all, also air. see the flip side of it. Where back in back in those days too, you try to take a guy. You know, like a, a skinny guy that might just be a shooter or primarily just outside shooters. There's no way they could have survived then. And it, a lot of that's unfair. And I, I see some of, you know, the, obviously the game with the athletes have improved and whatnot. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you, especially the great. You can't tell me that the late great Elgin Baylor couldn't have come in and just been like, wow, that guy's an all-star today. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, yep.
1: and the crazy yeah. thing about Elgin Baylor, yeah. you know, we talked about him last week, but you look at all these scoring mm-hmm. records, it's Will, Elgin, Baylor, and MJ. You know, when you look at these uh, per games, games, like, that's the that's the thing. So he was that dude. But I'm sorry, Vin, I think you had a point, but we keep talking. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's all right. I, I was just going to throw a, a little thing out. I saw another friend yeah, of the show, Byron Moulton, down there in Dallas. And then I got to get some football in with, with Angelo, too. He, we Y'all might have saw this on social media, too. Uh, it's just a little a little graphic. It says your birth date is your three-on-three three team, month, day, and year. So, TBL, go with you first, 8577. I'll find it, and we'll see who you come up with. August, wow. <laughs> August is Michael Jordan. Wow. Fifth is my all-time favorite player. Uh, no, to we'll,
2: slide, we'll give him Dan Marley and something you can't make him unstoppable 1977 <laughs> oh my gosh
0: is, Dw- 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 is Dwight Howard for oh, 1977 d- d- 77. just let him play 3. defense baby just let, let him guard three.
1: the lane get some lobs oh, that's, that's a wrap baby that's a wrap West. we above the rim baby
0: man don't uh, as, well, mine, and then we get you two, Angelo. Well. I am November 3rd, '77, so I'm, I'm gonna have Dwight <laughs> Howard as well for the year. November is David Robinson. Lord, we are big. And the third, oh my god, is wow, Kevin Love, David Robinson, Kevin Love, and Dwight <laughs> Howard. We're gonna see point,
2: point Admiral. But that's what we're gonna get. Let's see him run the time. show. It, it didn't happen,
0: all right. So, I
2: all right, let's start. Let's start <laughs> off here. Let me give me give me July. Like who who's my who's my captain? Who am I rolling with? Angelo, we will
0: get
2: you in here. Oh well, that's not a bad start. That's not a bad start. July give me the, the bit. Uh, give me give me the fourteen. Give me the fourteen.
1: No, that's not bad.
2: Oh okay okay, so we got oh, some outside shooting. shooting. We got the big 10, dipper down low. Okay, down. I like that. All right, now, 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 Terry's. I'm allowed ooh. to talk to Terry, okay? That's what I want. All the youngins that listen to this understand. Ooh. I'm a '92 baby, ooh, ooh, ooh. so '96 and on. That means I can have grown folk conversation with Terry. Everybody else, you got to sit at the kids' table.
0: Lord,
1: I'm I, <laughs> I, I, I not having conversation with these kids, man. <laughs>
2: Well, well, I, I think it's pretty fair to say Terry's team in, is in the lead. But uh, j- hey, you're, that defense—if if, it's—if they're just standing in one place, you got I'm all the length, the you know, you can Appreciate cover the court. <laughs> but yeah, I like—I like my squad, I really do. But I do have to say that Terry's is pretty. Uh, <laughs> I like. Oh, don't get. Don't go there. Don't go there. If I can get rid of my Calipari-isms, just just help help me piece by piece, okay? Oh. (laughs) He frustrates me so much at his stuff. Like, I remember – I remember (laughs) I was in the – we were in the uh, media room. It was the first UK Louisville game after uh, Rick Pitino had been uh, released of his duties as head coach. So it's the very first game without Rick Pitino there first question goes up, it's something about the game. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the Patino question in because obviously like that's the story that, I mean, remember they blew him out like 90 to 50, like something like that, that game. Um, and I asked the Patino question, he said something about the defense yeah. was the same. And then he went into some big, you know, monologue. And then nobody else in the media room asked him about Patino before it was over. I was dumbfounded. Like I'm glad I was. I'm glad I asked because how could you not ask the man about like the most fierce rivalry of coaches that this maybe? I mean, I, I can't go too far back, but that the Louisville UK rivalry has had. I mean, I was just I was just blown away. I was just blown away.
1: Off the top of my head, the, the, the game has been always a big deal. But the coaches, I don't, exactly. I don't remember the coaches ever having the personal animosity of Patino and Gal. That's where I think it took different. Now, again, uh, Angelo, being being your age, <laughs> you don't remember. Man, Vinny, we're going to ahead and label this the old man show. Because all we've done is talk about old man stuff for two hours. But I remember... <laughs> We talked. We talked about go. pro day. That when was today, I remember so, you know. <laughs>
0: before they started
1: playing. Like I remember that being a huge deal. That wow. legislation was going to be introduced that the team should play. Right. That. Yeah, I mean it was a big Ooh. deal. And of course they played in the tournament. And Louisville hey. <laughs> There we the go. Last time led in the series. Anyway.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: but Benny is not talking smack Ah, if it's true but uh, when the series started it was uh, Denny Crum and Joe B. Hall who by their nature weren't very confrontational right like Joe B. Mm -hmm. and Denny are of that same cloth where you compare them to their contemporaries like Bobby Knight you know like some other guys from those 80s Uh, they were just too gentlemanly now the fans fought but the coaches kind of had a nice, pretty good thing uh, other than, uh, Eddie Sutton called Louisville little brother, which God rest his soul. I'm thankful <laughs> he put that in the vernacular because that defines Louisville fan base to a T. Uh, but, <laughs> but other than that, you know, you know, Tubby wasn't that type. Uh, you know, Patino didn't become that way until Cal. And of course, you know, we don't really count Billy G and those games, but, as far as coaches not liking each other, that was great. You know, I think that added something to some pretty, pretty much otherwise ugly games.
0: Absolutely. Got to flip it to to football a little bit. Um, we talked about the pro day. We, we talked about Jamin Davis blowing up. Just your thoughts on on. The upcoming season. Well, everybody seems to be with, very with, excited
2: about uh, Liam Cohen's new UK system. Right and, now. Now. and obviously, yeah. I mean, I didn't think we were ever going to hear any bad press about it. You know, like, wow, it's really not working out. There's no way that they were going to throw that into the sphere. I, uh, I, When it comes to what's coming back, oh, I okay. do think that the noticeable thing was that Cohen came in spring practice or right before it started a lot of the veteran receivers were out like Bryce Oliver, um, I think, uh, Al, did, did Alan Daly transfer as well? Because I want to say that he did, and there was one more. Um, let me, let me double-check on Alan, because I want to make sure I don't want to be incorrect about that. But, you know, we had a couple of veterans, and it seems like these younger guys yeah, are the ones that you, are you know, starting to uh, – that they're going to be the ones from the beginning. It's that, that we're going to build the offense around these young guys. Um, I'm pretty excited about that aspect. That this offense will have a seemingly resembling, seeming resemblance of passing. Before, before I continue, uh, Terry Wilson transferred to New Mexico State. What did y'all think about that? Before, before I go on, because that's a big change. It's not only Eddie Graham, but Terry kind of coming to it.
1: We we talked about that. Yeah, we, My thing is Terry Wilson uh-huh. is going to be underrated, and. Because we'll talk about how the offense wasn't, you know, it wasn't spectacular. There wasn't the downfield passing, but he won a lot of games. And if you're a Kentucky quarterback and you're nine games above 500 as a starter, that's pretty darn good. You know,
2: that's not too many of our guys. All right, I, I was just curious. Record. I was, let, let, I mean, be, I'll, 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 I'll say it very admittedly. Time. As a young man, I think Terry Wilson's amazing. I, th- I thought I thought. that dude represented our program as properly as possibly could. Uh, he, he was a consummate hard worker, came back from that injury, all that. I, I. On the field, I mean, sometimes like his running, I would like, I was not a fan of his passing. I was one of the detractors and it was never anything personal. But when it came down to it, I... I'll tell you what, guys, I really miss Steven Johnson. I really do. I love Steven. I love I, I loved watching it. I mean, he had some of the biggest wins before Terry. Like you said, the Florida win, got another Tennessee in win too. in there. But uh, with Steven, because I remember thinking, and this was me not realizing the kind of meteoric step, like the meteoric rise that the, that defense was going to take in 2018. I was, I was on the assumption that that 2017 team was going to be the one. Like, after coming off the Louisville win against Lamar, coming into that year, you know, Benny is a sophomore. Josh, Mike, Darius, Jordan, all those guys as juniors. I really thought that that was going to be the squad. And, um, you know, that that was a magical 2018 year. Made bowl games. Uh, obviously, the injury season, Lynn Bowden had his uh, amazing uh, year. So, I, I, was just, I was just wondering what, what you all thought about the Terry thing, but by the way, Allen did transfer. So a lot of those older receivers transferred. I think the Darian Kennard coming back was a huge, huge get. I I thought he could be a top 64 pick in this draft. Like I thought, I thought he would go pretty. I thought he was ready to play now, but I think that because the offense has been so run heavy that he didn't have enough film, I would say likely uh, to to really get that pass block set. Can you hold up in a pass heavy, in an NFL pass heavy system? Can you hold up with edge rushers coming off of you stunts, disguises, all that. And he said he wanted to be a lottery pick. He wants to be a top half of the first round guy. And if this Cohen offense can come in and show his strengths, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll go in that area. He's that talented of a player. So it's huge. That the team's getting him back. Uh, the running back core, obviously, is in good shape. And the defense, you know, it's it, it's hard to see a guy like Jamin Davis leave because I, I'll tell you all what. Uh, this was my ignorance. I did not realize how, like, out of the water he was going to test. I just... Watching him, I never thought that that was a 4-3-9 guy. I never thought that he was a 41-inch vertical guy, like all these insane numbers. And once he did that, it's like, oh, I thought you were going to be like a really solid cleanup tackler at the NFL level, like a fourth to sixth-round pick. A guy like Blake Martinez, who went on to get a good contract with the New York Giants. I had like pretty good opinions on him uh, internally. Uh, obviously, I was off base. This guy is the NFL draft darling. You all know how much I've followed the NFL draft. He's the, he's the darling of the community right now. Late first-round pick, if not higher after these testing numbers. Some think he could go in the top 20. Uh, Jamin made himself uh, an extra couple million dollars today. And you can't be happier. For God. By the way, I want to say rest in peace to my guy, Coach Steve Ortmeier. He was my co-host. Absolutely. He was... He, Thank you. Thank you. V. I was going to say, because he was my co-host for the UK uh, football program there, behind sure. the scenes. I worked go on that show for ahead. a couple of years and uh, this year, and this is why he's one of the greatest. And I'm just i I'm just a guy that talks on the radio. He came in and he said before the year, he said, my guy is Jamin Davis, Jamin Davis, Jamin Davis. He's the heart and soul Jamin Davis. And I was like, coach, I don't, Oh man, I don't know. Like Jamin Davis is good, like he's solid, but he would never let me hear it down. He was like Jamin Davis this week is gonna be a guy Jamin Davis. And wouldn't you know it that you know he really did teach me something on the way out because look at Jamin Davis now and look who was in his corner as his number one fan, way beyond the fame and the in the in the draft love and the in the first round hype. But Coach Ort was right there singing his praises from before the season started.
0: I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I pulled up uh, a podcast from your show earlier this month and not only did you talk about Coach Ort you had Wesley Woodyard on with you and both of you all reminisced about Coach Ortmeyer which was just it was just really good listening to both of y'all to hear your stories about how he treated you uh, Wesley's stories about how you know, so he was, he was having oh, a man. Time uh, to just thank,
2: thank Wes for coming on with me. I mean, that guy to, to me is a Kentucky superhero. Anymore. You know, Kentucky football superhero. Uh, TB, you got some of those shirts where you've got those old ones. I, I got to tell you, uh, one day when there's a big auction and I've made it and I can say my piece with it, I've got a shirt that's signed by the. It, it was that. It was that 2007 shirt where it was. Uh, it was. It was Keenan, Stevie, Dickie, Raphael, and Andre. Their jerseys were on it. And it was those five jerseys. And it was the 2007 shirt. I got it signed by every member Ooh. of that of that team that went on and beat Louisville, beat number one uh, LSU, beat Florida State in the bowl game. I've, I've still got that shirt hanging in my closet about as, as mint condition as it could be. So that was a, that's a that's a wood, that's just uh that's like my pride and joy of what I have. And Wesley is yeah. obviously the heart and soul of that defense. He's a tremendous person. And I I tried to highlight that as much as I can because as good as a football player he is, he's just an an even more incredible human being. Um, you know, I'm I'm lucky that Coach Ort was a guy just for him to take the time to come on and just to tell those stories and for him to kind of almost get his piece with like you know his passing because the way i could hear it in his voice he was just so happy he said even to talk about my guy coach Ort. And the coolest thing about it is, Ort was the exact same person uh, a decade later in a radio studio in Lexington with me than he was with future NFL Pro Bowl players, you know, co- great teams like that. With Coach Rich Brooks, he was the that Coach Ort was the same exact guy there as he was in the studio. He wasn't there was nothing fake about him. There wasn't any. He was so genuine and just a just an all around and and, and mostly that dude loved Kentucky. He loved the program. He always was pro-UK. Sometimes I had to be kind of the, the negative Nelly at times just because Coach Ort, man, he thought the world of everybody on the team because he was around these guys and he loved these guys. And I just, he was an amazing man. And I, I tr- he truly meant a lot to me and he will be missed. Uh, I, I love Coach Ort a lot.
0: And not to to just keep it on a a down note, but Kentucky football lost another (laughs) giant just a few days ago. We think about Howard Schnellenberger from your hometown of Louisville TV. (laughs) Plays for Bear Bryant at Kentucky. His success coaching at Louisville, Miami, FAU, rebuilding dreadful (laughs) programs. I mean, just and. I didn't even know. Wow. We're old, but we ain't this old. The 17 and old Dolphins, he was the OC. I had no idea that he was on the Shooter Squad staff, uh, you know, calling plays for Bob Greasy and Paul Warfield and Larry Zonka and, and all those guys. So,
1: Howard Schnellenberger from Louisville played at Flagey High School. And I will just couch this with. Uh, there are guys that my dad holds in high esteem, and Howard Schnellenberger is one of them. Howard Schnellenberger went to Flaget High School, which preceded St. and Trinity as the boys' Catholic school in Louisville. Same place that Paul Horning played. And back in the days when he went, this was segregation. However, there were always a group of kids from Flaget that would go to Louisville Central and play those kids in a pickup game. Cool. And a couple of those kids, Howard Schnellenberger and Paul Hornet. So uh, that was, you know, my, what my dad would tell me about, about these guys, okay? But Howard Schnellenberger, I mean, again, I remember when he came to Louisville. It, it was the craziest thing because. Why would a national championship football coach come to Louisville? Louisville was not in a conference at the time. It was a vagabond school that played its games at a minor league baseball stadium. Like, it made no sense. I know what he did in Miami, but but locally, he came in and he said, we're on a championship course, you know, the only variable is time. And people believed it. Now, we give uh, Tom Jurich, I think, too much credit. Well, not too much credit, but he's the dude that revitalized everything in Louisville. But I tell you right now, none of that happens without Howard Schnellenberger. Period. None of it. Because Louisville basketball was Louisville basketball, right? But if you're going to start being a mover and a shaker, you're going to get the Big East, and you're going to get in the ACC, mm-hmm. you got to have football. And Howard Schnellenberger made that real, right? That's the difference between Cincinnati still being in the AAC, Memphis still being in the AAC. That's your difference right there is is football. And so when uh, you set the table at Miami of Florida, you set the table for Louisville, and you get a, a, a Florida Atlantic started from scratch, that's a heck of a life, man. That is a heck of a life. And it's a shame he's not in the Hall of Fame. It is a shame that he's not in the College Football mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. I know there's some weird rules or whatever, but come on, man, you cannot yeah. tell
2: that, the story. Of bringing endorsement on that without 100%. the dude
1: that gave us the U.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, and 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 that's the thing too is. We all
2: watched the U documentary. I, you know what? The that's K-pop exactly what I was thinking when you really mentioned that. Howard anyway. Schnellenberger. I swear, I swear <laughs> we, we <old> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> the but, one <laughs> thing whenever I hear Howard Schnellenberger's name is the is in the U documentary <laughs> <laughs> where they take the state of Florida on the map and they build the fence called the State of Miami, that area he recruited and that's how he built the U. That will always I, like that is burned into my mind for some reason because I thought that was the coolest thing right. that I had seen because of, of the youth swagger like obviously like I caught the tail end of that Miami just is the coolest thing there is and that's that's what I remember from that documentary is that state of Miami and then boom you get all these kids from South Florida and you build a national powerhouse out of it I thought it was I just thought it was the nuts I really did yeah
1: he looked around and's it's like look we got dudes that can play, and to be honest with you, you know, Vinny, we talk about how John Thompson made everybody think that uh, you know Georgetown was an HBCU, and uh, so did John Chaney. Too. Mm-hmm, me too. I thought that Miami had always—I thought it was a public school to begin with. I thought that it was it had always been, you know, the Miami thing, right? But no, it's Howard Sternberg saying no, these kids ain't leaving. And Angelo, it was <laughs> what he did was so cool because it it, it dovetailed into mm-hmm. Miami Vice as a TV show, as a thing, and everything was in Miami, right? Oh. You know, it, it was the, the right around the same time Scarface came out. It was just a confluence of all this stuff, and this neon Miami was driving the culture. And I'm not saying Howard Stellenberger was because of that, but when he built that fence and he built the U brand, it was right along with everything. Got it. That makes a lot of sense, too. But
2: yeah, that might, yep, exactly. That Miami brand, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's, uh, to this day, there are great college football programs. There are probably better ones. There's nothing cooler than the U. It's just the way it is. It's probably the same thing as people that, that remember, that grew up during the Fab Five thing, where I, I still talk to people in their late 30s, early 40s that say that the Fab Five was just the cultural phenomenon. Like, that was the cool thing. And, and, the,
1: and, and, and yeah, I, I agree with that uh, as well. Like, it was just... We had seen people shave their heads, right? We had seen mm-hmm. some dudes have the baggy shorts. But we didn't see anything like that. You know, we that was a totally no. different. So there's these teams that come around. And here's the thing, as a Kentucky fan, no. as good as Kentucky basketball has been, mm-hmm. we've never had that. You know, it, until, until Cal got here, we were very much like the corporate champions like that was yeah. how i always viewed it like we were never cool we were good
2: whoa whoa, cool. whoa 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 Slow know, down. At, at least Slow duke down. had a Slow whole
1: down. vibe thanks to christian laettner cherokee parks and i mean duke duke's <laughs> vibe is a bunch of dudes you want to fist bite, right that's no. duke's whole thing but but kentucky you know we didn't have michael jordan Right to come through, we we didn't have the swagger of UCLA in all those championships, but we were still the best. Pro-way John, Wall
2: made, cool. exactly. John made cool. Wall made it cool, exactly. John Wall made it cool. That was uh, that was when John the, the, Wall did the John he, Wall it. Exactly. Sorry, Terry, keep going. But yes, exactly. John Wall made this cool.
1: And, and look, we've had some plays like like Kenny Walker was was kind of that dude, but John Wall's like, I've I've never seen this. And then it was fear the Proud. and we were never the cool program. I mean, I'm here in Louisville, I grew up, mm-hmm. and there was a very fine line between who was and wasn't Kentucky fans, right? And when Cal came, it flipped. I saw Kentucky stuff everywhere, because Kentucky was cool, you know, but never in the the same way. Not even like uh, the the UNLV teams of Tark the Shark. Those teams had a certain vibe to them that no Kentucky team had. Mm -hmm. Even the 96 team, the best team I've ever seen, I mean, they were very, very good, but, you know, outside of Antoine Walker kind of doing his shimmy, there wasn't You know, there wasn't a lot, right? But but when you're beating everybody by forty points, it doesn't matter. But to be culturally relevant, there's no real Kentucky team to make you say, Okay, those guys had some had some had some swagger to 'em. Absolutely.
2: Man, Angelo Vinny, you hit it on the point with Tell your introductions to exactly Angelo show, Carrier Show on and ESPN Sports Radio at 1300, 92.5 FM, streaming live all around the world at WLXG.com. You can find me from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and I try to talk everything under the sports sun, whether that be the high school tournament, which it will be concluded by Sunday morning, so we'll get the fallout and crown a new state champion after having a vacant state champion last year because of covid We'll talk Kentucky's Pro Day. We'll talk about Grundy. We'll talk about – I try to really think – really talk about uh, um, mm-hmm. everything that, that I can. Sometimes I get – even sometimes I get so excited about uh, what I get into. I try I try my best to – I try my best to fit everything in that we can. But uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm always taking calls. I love to have conversations, like Vinny. Like the conversation that we had on Twitter – you can reach out to me on Twitter at Media Lex. have those conversations. You can call me on Sunday morning and we can have any conversations because I love to argue and I love to hear other people's opinions because sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm right and then sometimes Vinny and TB are right, you know, but that's why you got to take your, you got to take your wins with your losses, your losses with your wins. And you always know at the end of the day, it's just a fun time talking sports, <laughs> man. I hope everybody enjoys, enjoys it and uh, follows me on the ride.
0: Absolutely, man. You're doing your thing. You're doing it well. You didn't mean to keep long. it's longer, all about, it's man. All about fun. I, honestly, I didn't
2: even day. notice what time it was I until I just looked so at the clock after you said that. So There's nothing I more I love talking man. sports with cool two du- cool two cool dudes, and you all are. <laughs> I would say two of the coolest in BBN. So thank you all for having me. <laughs> I, I know, Mister. I know, Mister. Viral. I'll see you there too. We
1: certainly appreciate it. I'll see you on the Twitter streets. Oh <laughs> man. <All right. laughs>
2: That's
0: right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll see y'all yes, later. Thank exactly. you for having me. <laughs> exactly, Angelo. You nailed that, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate you, man. Take care, Angelo. Angelo Carriero. The Angelo Carriero Show. ESPN Radio. Lexington. Angelo Media Lex on Twitter. That dude. But honestly, he's a, he's a little older than I thought. He's almost thirty. I knew he'd be young when we when we did the birthday game. I figured, I figured that at, that's oldest he'd be born in '95. He's born in '92. So yeah, he, but a he appreciates I he when
1: I say I don't need these young kids talking about me or talking <laughs> to me. Is you know when our parents, when your dad was talking about these people, and my dad was talking about like Oscar Robertson, it was my dad's dude when it came to basketball. Like, you couldn't, like, we be talking about, it. I'd be like, look, Michael Jordan went for 63 against the Celtics. And my dad would be like, well, Oscar Robinson did X, Y, and Z, right? So, <laughs> uh, but you have to take his word for it a little bit, right? Because there's not clips and videos and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, with these kids, you can go watch Shaq play. Like, you can, that, like, you could go watch this right. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking about your man, Hakeem, I guess this week, and something, uh, and I'm echoing what Bomani Jones said, and it really stuck with me. Hakeem Olajuwon was so good, the Rockets took him first, the Bulls got Jordan two picks later, and not one person in basketball fandom says the Rockets made the wrong choice. Now, not saying that Hakeem is better than MJ, that's not the debate. The debate is, you know, th- he was so good that nobody faults the Rockets, and even in retrospect, for taking him instead of MJ. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. He just yeah. You couldn't. So he did at Houston. And yes. he was raw then. It was just, you know, they, they, they go off of potential now. But he was, he was raw, a-keen, a-keen, without the H. And you see what happened once he, he polished up that skill set. He's still learning how to play soccer. I mean, he's still playing soccer. To do that in the league,
1: as he learned the game, it's crazy. I, I, and I tell you what, this is, it's, it's a sad time in the bluegrass. We got less than 10 minutes left. And... We haven't even talked <laughs> about the Final yeah. Four.
0: That's right. We haven't talked That's about sure the tournament is.
1: at all. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it's Gonzaga's to lose. <laughs> but as I have commented on people, uh, some of these uh, folks in sports media, they're, you know, where do you put this Gonzaga team all time? And I'm saying, as a Kentucky fan, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't count your chickens down. Because nobody thought that Kentucky True. would lose in 2015 until they did. So yes, Gonzaga has looked great, but you got to wait. They did the same thing with uh USC on the way yeah. to the Rose Bowl to play Vince Young in Texas. And where does this where does this uh Trojan team rank? Like, oh, hey, 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 you got to. You got to pump the I break, did it you with Florida State and
0: in, in Tennessee uh, in '98. I
1: was like, Itsch. I said, who Tennessee got gonna guard
0: Peter the Dwayne Goodrich, and that's who did. Dwayne Goodrich like shut yeah. him down, and Tennessee won. You know, and so yeah, you can't just assume something gonna happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, uh, uh, that, that's not the, that's not what happened. So, uh, look, I'm happy Yo, for UCLA. For Johnny. Uh, they got off the schneid Johnny Juzang look 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 look, look. We, we do this thing where we mentally kind of start combining things and what I mean by that is the Johnny Juzang we are seeing for UCLA was not the Johnny Juzang we saw in, right. in Lexington mm-hmm. let's be very clear about that another year older stronger all that kind of stuff that context matters right so the question everybody's asking, even Dick Vitale said, oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, why did Cal play this guy more? Because he had three dudes. And Cal, when his teams are at their best, he has three dudes that he rotates at the guard position. He only likes to go seven deep, right? That's Cal's thing. And when you have defensive of the player of the year, Ashton Haggins, running the point, Tyrese Maxey, who had that mid range game and could also run the point and shoot deep, and hello, SEC player of the year, uh, uh, Emmanuel quickly, Juzang's not going to get but 12 minutes per game. But what happens, Hagen's doesn't play at Florida, and Juzang gets 33 minutes. Right? That, so it's unfair to say Cal ran him off and he said last night he has said that he was homesick and and some look all I'm saying about that is I'm from Louisville I went to Kentucky it's 70 miles I was homesick I can't imagine being 2,000 miles away and with all the pandemic stuff going on, if I'm going to be locked down, I'm going to be close to home. Right? So, we got to just let this go. We do this when we talk about the 2015 game uh, against uh, Wisconsin. Well, Tyler Euless should have played more. Freshman year, Tyler Eulis was not the point guard Tyler Eulis we got the next year. That's not the same. That, that, like, that That's not it. Right? And 70-point Uh, scored in the NBA game Devin Booker all-star Devin Booker that wasn't the dude in 2015 Exactly. the Harrison twins gave us our best chance to win so I understand and it hurts Kentucky only won nine games Juzang is looking good I get it I get it but like when we talked about roster construction and this kind of stuff uh, it's really not fair well well, Juzang should have played okay he's but, but, but who do you sit? Right. Mm-hmm. Because you got sophomore Hagen, sophomore Quickly, and Tyrese Maxey, who I would say is a better player than Johnny Jewzak. So, so who sits? So it's easy to say Jewzak should have played more. Well, how do you make that work? You uh-huh. know. You know how do how do you do that? Mm-hmm. So uh, happy for them. Uh, who else is in Bay the Lake final Houston. four? Uh, <laughs> uh, whatever, man. You know. And and one last thing about that. I tweeted this today. I'm tired of everybody saying, "Uh-oh, this is the first final four Okay, the first final four ever, where all teams are oh, west of the, the Mississippi. Crowd. We've had a lot where they're all east of the Mississippi. Had a whole lot, okay? They were east of Mississippi. And people say, you know, they look at Gonzaga, and it's, uh-oh, is this a shift change in college basketball? Uh, No. Because when you say it's a shift change, your assumption is, okay, Gonzaga could be good again. Baylor might be good again. But you're saying to me that Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina and Kansas and Louisville will be this bad again. And I'm not taking that bet. I have to ask. Well, you know, the world is changing. As we've pointed out, Kentucky was good before integration, right after integration, when there was no three point ooh, shot, ooh. when there was, you know. Kentucky, there's a reason Kentucky's been top 10 in wins and winning percentage in every decade since the 1930s, the only program to do so. We good, baby. Whatever this new world looks like, we gonna be good. As Angelo touched on, Cal start looking at the transfer market. Boom. Let's roll, baby. But no, I would bet that Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, and Kansas, and even Louisville will be back to dominate yep. it once again. Yep, this...
0: I mean, no, but none of them are just going to take it lying down. You're you're expecting every single one of them to do no. what Indiana did, and that's that's <laughs> yes, and that's it's hard to imagine. Oh, no. uh, speaking of you, you know, right. you talked about uh, you said something about appreciation before we start. Yeah, we, Angelo appreciating being able to have a grown folks conversation. Uh, we definitely appreciate everybody taking the time to listen and follow us at Catch Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. We also got to show some appreciation because, you know, we've been here with, with Ben Sutter and BS3 Radio uh, for a little bit now and, and been on Spreaker and other platforms that we've never been on before. Ben messaged me yesterday and was just saying congrats to us on the show because we've got a thousand downloads on Spreaker since we've been on BS3. So, Thanks to him for getting us out there. We've never been there before, and now we got a thousand downloads on Spreaker.com already. So appreciate being everything he's done and appreciate him letting us know. So that's that's a milestone over there that we, we wouldn't have had before.
1: That's right, man. That's uh uh you know, popping champagne like we won a championship. Absolutely. Let's, let's, and like let's we've do been it.
0: saying for the past few weeks, we got some some stuff in the works, it's supposed to be coming up later this summer, and you and I are on a Zoom call, and you know, we can talk about it more later as stuff continues to progress, but things are continuing to progress on that end. Your keys are getting crossed, I's are getting dotted, so we'll look forward to being able to let everybody know what we've been knowing for a little bit. So that's, that's coming as well. Uh, once we're able to let you know, we can. So y'all can look forward to that as well with us.
1: Absolutely, but another good show, man. Thanks to Angelo for coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely, appreciate
0: for you, TV. Appreciate you hopping on with TV and I yesterday. That was so much fun. Your, uh you know, your mint condition shirt. You know, who knows? You might be going viral again. It's all over our social medias today, Facebook and Twitter, and the cats talk and. You know, so you brought out the mint condition Final Four 96 shirt. That was awesome. And a lot of fun today. We'll be talking Final Four next week. And, you know, whatever happens with that, you know, whoever emerges from the West Coast to win it, you know, they, they've they been waiting for this for a while. And, you know, they'll get to have their moment come Monday night. Somebody will. Absolutely. But uh, we'll right.
1: do this Thanks again next week.